What's up, people? This is your host, Tapiwa, on another episode of Fathers in the Hood. And today, we've got a very, very special guest that I'm excited to have here. I'm going to hand over to him and let him introduce himself. Sir, tell the people who you are and what you're about. Oh, bless you, man. Thanks so much for having me. Um, my name is Pastor G, uh, but my real name is Benga Michael Adjewale. Uh, I'm the senior pastor of Rock Church in London, and I'm a father of three, and an husband of one. That's who I am. Amen. <laughs> you know we've got to say that in it because we've got a pastor. <laughs> so um, um, I'm gonna call you G. Uh, I, might, I might call you Pastor G. I might you call, call you Boy. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> I'm definitely not I'm gonna good. do that. <laughs> but um, okay. So what does fatherhood mean to you? Oh man, fatherhood. I think fatherhood for me is the biggest responsibility and op- opportunity that we have as men. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the opportunity to steward life mm-hmm. uh, and to be responsible. Uh, to speak into someone's life and to help nurture them to what God's called them to be. That's what Father is to me. Mm-hmm. He's a covering. Uh, he's protective. Is that, that voice of healing and voice of reassurance that we all need in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I know that for many of us, we didn't grow up with fathers, so we've had to try to figure it out. Um, but that's what Father is to me, man. Okay, yeah. cool. You mentioned growing up without fathers. Mm. I certainly didn't grow up with a father. Mm. Um, obviously, as you know, I've got two children now, and I you know two I've had to kind of navigate. Thank you, sir. Mm. I've had to navigate that whole journey, kind of essentially making it up as I'm going along. Mm. But just <laughs> tell us about you know you growing up and your father. Yeah. What was tell us tell us about your dad? I mean, my, my father left us when I was about three years old. Okay. Um, uh, in a in a in a small little country called Nigeria. Okay. Um, and. Um, it, it was a tough time for my mother. At three years old, I didn't really know what was going on. But mm. as I grew up, and I'm, you know, sort of seven, eight, going from one auntie's house to another auntie's house, staying with grandparents and doing all this stuff, and I've seen everyone else with fathers, I'm like, something is missing. Right. Uh, then it starts to play in your mind. Uh, you know, you go to parties and as an, as an eight-year-old, and everyone's there with their mum and dad. Mm. Uh, and you're there with mum, trying to be mum and dad, and you kind of feel a little bit, hmm. Um, so it was tough, but I guess the, it became tougher when I came to this country. Mm-hmm. Um, then I became a teenager and I needed guidance as a man. Right. Uh, my mother could only tell me certain things where it means to be a man. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed a father's touch. I needed a father's voice. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so I guess for me, I, I was, you know, I was compelled or I, I was forced into finding a father's voice in the wrong places. Right. Uh, and uh, that affected my growth. It affected my life. <clears throat> So for me, I understand, you know, the presence of a father in one's life is, is, is pivotal, mm-hmm. especially for a man. It's pivotal uh, because some questions you want to ask. Right. Uh, when you start getting arms underneath your, your armpits <laughs> and your voice starts breaking and you think that you've got, you've got some demonic stuff in your throat um, and no one can explain to you. Right. Uh, everyone else will go home and they're the fathers to explain it to them. But you, you have not, and you have to pretend you're the father. I remember there's a time in my life where I had to pretend I had a father. Wow. Um, just so I can feel like I was on an outcast. Yeah. Imagine coming to this country, uh, having a deep African accent, coming over from another country, and then there's no father either. So you had to pretend. Um, so you know. What, I was, told, what were some of the things that you pretended? Oh, I, I used to tell people like my father was in the army. Uh, he had to travel. Then I remember I, t- I told some my father was the real James Bond. I was a James Bond film. When you're like 11, 12 years old, like, you know, you just make, you, you make up stuff. Um, you make up stuff. Um, you know, just to so that people can know that I've got some kind of backup. And I think for me as well, one of the things that really hurt me about not having a father around was uh, the time in my life when I got bullied, I was about 12, 13. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't have a big brother mm-hmm. and I didn't have a father. Mm-hmm. 
So it was like, would you go and tell? Right. So when you tell mum, mum will go into hysteria. Yeah. Which gets you into hysteria, in, in yeah. hysteria as well. But you want someone to go to and say, this happened. And your dad will come to the school, drive to the school and say, how dare you? I had to face the giants myself yeah. until I learned to fight for myself. Yeah. Um, um, so I guess not having a father has also forced me to grow up in, in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, some positively, some also negatively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had to almost fend for myself, even though my mother was there, but she was working like three, four jobs. Mm-hmm. So it was just me trying to fend for myself, watching TV to, to understand what father, where father is wow. and where father was. And, you know, as I said, making up stories of who my father was when people ask me. Um, who were your... It's interesting you brought up the TV thing, right? Because mm. I've got some people, like, people that I used to watch on TV like as fathers mm. and they were like almost like my fatherhood <laughs> heroes. Who were your fatherhood heroes uh, like, when you were on TV, when you were growing up? I'm trying to remember his name. I used to watch Neighbours. Okay. Uh, uh, the, the wife's name was Marge, Marge Bishop. I'm trying to remember his name. The chubby guy. The chubby guy, the old man with the glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the guy. I, like, I saw him. I'm trying to I want to say I'm, Alf, but Alf is the other I know. I remember, he, I remember he passed away a couple yeah. of years ago in real life. Uh, but it was like a father figure. I used to watch him. That's I used nice. to literally watch him and just... I mean, even though these guys were Australian, they were Caucasian, they had nothing to do with me, but mm. I saw him as a father figure. I remember one time, uh, one episode, something happened in the episode, I need to go hurt. And I feel like my dad got hurt. Wow. And I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, this is the first time ever I'm telling anybody. <laughs> Seriously, that's mad. Seriously, wow. but I, I'm trying to remember his name, Marge Bishop, and I guess I've got. Yeah, we'll guys, find it. it. We'll find it. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. Because for me, my like TV dads mm. was like Uncle Phil, oh. Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like, he was the guy. Yeah. He was yeah. like smart, successful, successful. Obviously, like you know, big, house, big house. Come on, nice family. All of that, and he was like, he was wise as well, right? Because whenever he was funny, but he was wise as well. Because whenever anything was going on, um, Will would come to him and like you'd have you know something wise to kind of yeah, offer yeah, the yeah. situation and all that sort of stuff. So, on, yeah, Uncle Phil was definitely like oh, that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that I, I, I would that. concur with that as well. And, and Bill Cosby, yeah, Bill Cosby yeah. was you know, and I think for a lot of people, Bill Cosby was also that guy, like that whole Huxtable thing, like the whole family. Like, you want, you, you know, want to be part of that family, right? Like, just, with, with, his, with his little jumper, little, you, want, you want to be part of that family. I, I wanted to be part of the family for different reasons, but oh, <laughs> <laughs> praise God, praise we God, won't go praise into God. that, right? We won't go into that, <laughs> we won't go into that. Cool, oh man. So, have you, have you got um, so so during that time, were you in contact with your dad at all, or did after no, he left, I, was contact not just really. broken? I, I, I think the first time. I left in the, the first time I saw my, my father after leaving Nigeria was I was 14. Okay. I was 14. I remember he came to this country. He got contact with my mom and there was a lot of anger there. So, you know, my mom's brother had to kind of broker some kind of deal where I got a chance to see him. Wow. So I saw him. He took me shopping. I remember he brought me this, this pair of feelers. Um, this white feelers, I remember it. It took me to H Street Market. Yeah. <laughs> Not JD, but H Street Market. <laughs> Listen, you're he not the only one that's hey, buying hey, of E Street Market. I remember those days. Uh, you know, and, he bought, and, and for me at that point, I feel like I was on top of the world because yeah. that was my first name brand trainers. Mm. And um, so part of me felt like, oh man, I need to forgive this guy for everything he's done for not being there. I was angry with him, mm. uh, but he bought me a brand new trainers. Then the next day, he left to travel to Nigeria. Then I didn't hear from him for another two years until about, seven, until about 16, 17. Right. And I thought, mm-mm, not this time. You ain't going to take me shopping anymore because you're not going to bribe your way into my life. Yeah. You know, uh, you've been missing. Uh, when I needed you, you weren't there. So 
when he came at 17, I, I didn't really see him. And I think the next time I saw my father, I was about to get married. I was 28 wow. years old. So, 14, mm -hmm. then 16, 17. I, I saw him on my wedding day. 28 years old. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. No <laughs> communication. Nah. No. Nah. Communicate from my uncle. Mm. Nah, I didn't. I didn't have time for him. So during those years, mm. before you got married, um, from you know going through your kind of older teenage years, mm. 15, 16 upwards, mm. um, up yeah into your mid twenties. Mm. What what was that like for you, not having him around, not having contact with him? I was angry. Yeah, I was really angry. Um, because between the age of uh, seventeen and twenty two, my life took a different direction. I mm. was. I was what you call a lot of people's worst nightmare. Right. The kind of life I lived. Mm -hmm. um, and I remembered a lot of times where I would just, you know, come back from the club or wherever I was doing, hustling or whatever. I would actually be by myself and I would cry for my father. Wow. I was looking for someone to rescue me out of this. My mom wasn't strong enough wow. to do it. Even though my mom knew some of the things I was doing, but all she would do is cry mm -hmm. <laughs> about it. But... I need us. I actually wanted someone to say, you know what? So you were you were heavy on the road. I was, but I need. But I wanted you, father to come home at, late at night yeah. and want your father yeah. to be there to rescue you because out. Because everything life. out there was a bravado, right? You know, everyone's a bravado. You're trying to prove yourself to be a man, mm. but I needed a man to tell me what it's like to be a man. Then. Right. You don't have to do that to be a man. Literally, was crying like crying for it, like for father, and he didn't turn up. So you'd you'd come home and you'd literally like be in your room yeah. and just cry, yeah, yeah. by yourself, yeah. yeah. Wow. 100 and and I, I think at that point as well um, I remember I was saying this to someone uh, many years ago they said to me why, why didn't you reach out to him I said no that's not how I want him to work I mm. want him to come in and be my hero so I don't call him he's got to call me and he's, he's got to come and save you yeah, yeah. so wow. I guess for many years that uh, I, I don't know uh, looking back on it that wasn't the right move mm. um, but at that moment that's, that's what I knew that's really interesting because yeah. I'm just picturing, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're promoting club nights, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're doing stuff on the road. So mm -hmm. obviously you're, you know, you've got the Rolexes and mm -hmm. this, that and the other. Mm -hmm. So you, you've got all of that life mm -hmm. outside. Yeah. But then when you come home, yeah. you're vulnerable and you're yeah. crying because actually yeah. all of that stuff means nothing. It's it, just, it mean, it's it literally nothing. a front. Like when you come, front, when you yeah. come into your room, you take the front off, put yeah. it to the side and then you're just wishing your dad was because around. Because at that point I knew I was hurting my, my mother. Wow. Because she was praying for me. She was crying. But I needed a father to come in and and tell me that wasn't good. You just need that strong hand to be like to kind of help you yeah. to get out. You wanted to get out, but you would you couldn't yeah. get out yeah. by I was, yourself. I wasn't strong enough to get out by myself. Yeah. I needed someone to tell me, you no, know, this this wasn't it. Pull me out. Mm. You know, because you're trying to come out of uh, a group of men mm. who were dangerous, mm. and you just felt like you wasn't strong enough. Your mother wasn't strong enough. You needed a father, a big strapping father, to come and pull you out. And I was. Yeah, late teens, early early twenties, mm. and I, at that time I still wanted my father to to come and rescue me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you know I was winging it really and truly. Mm. Like, you know, I was getting into relationships. I don't really know what to do. You know, just wing it. <laughs> I think it worked out though. <laughs> yeah, praise God. <laughs> so, what would you say are the telltale signs of a young man that's going through this similar sort of struggles that you were going through? That's wanting to be rescued. I guess uh, for a young man, uh, I mean, there, there's so many signs, I guess, and it depends on the in individual. Um, 
but for what I've seen in other young men that I've had to to speak to or speak into their lives is it's just that anger, that anger towards the father. Right. Um, and sometimes when anger towards the mother will stay. Mm-hmm. Um, because no matter what a relationship, a, a, uh, a, 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 how can I put it, an horizontal relationship between a man and a woman, no matter how distorted that is, a child will always still look for a vertical relationship with their father. Right. Um, so some, some young men could be angry with their mother, who's trying to baby them and trying to father them at the same time as mother them. So they would, because the father's not around to direct the anger, so they'll be angry at the mother. So you can see that quite a lot where young men become aggressive towards their mother, uh, they start shouting at the mother, saying, I don't need you. That's really a cry for the father. Right. They're looking for rescue. Then you have young men who are just angry with life. Just angry with life because no one spoke of their life. Uh, biblically, a father spoke into the child, especially the son's life, gave them the name, um, gave them their destiny, their purpose, gave them their function. So a lot of young men don't think they can function. Right. So you see a lot of young men just angry with life they just feel like no one told them where to they, they so life told them to go but the father wasn't there to tell them where to go right and that's what is killing a lot of our young men right now especially in our communities mm. um we're going god and be successful but they watch a rap video and that older man tell them that's what success looks like you know we spoke a little about uncle phil um in uh, fresh prince mm. That's a father, that's kind of a father that everyone, everyone as you mentioned, would, would love to have. Mm. Um, successful, the big house, the, the great family, loved his wife. But a lot of young men don't get to see that. So they're just angry because what looks like a dream is they're so far removed from it. Right. So if, if I'm so far off from what looks to be the dream, then I'm just angry because I can never attain it. I'm just going on a little tangent here because yeah. you th- do you think some of that is choices though? Because mm-hmm. I saw Uncle Phil, mm-hmm. obviously all of this is you know it's TV. Yeah. I saw Uncle Phil. I saw Snoop. I saw mm-hmm. Biggie. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I could have chosen to emulate, for lack of a better word, or model myself against any of these, mm-hmm. but it was my choice to pick mm-hmm. which of those I thought mm-hmm. was good yeah. to to model yourself yeah. against. So, and I've got friends who you know we came through similar backgrounds mm. came through school blah 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 mm. you know some some of my friends decided to go to college mm. some of them decided to go to the road like mm. there, there was there were very clear choices at certain points yeah, yes, and it's not with a lot of the guys i'm thinking about back in the day it's not like their dads weren't there because their dads were there <laughs> um it's just i don't know i guess the road life mm-hmm. was more attractive attractive mm. yeah that's the mm. right word yeah. it was more attractive so they decided, decided to go for that yeah. some of them did quite well at it some of them are in jail right now you know, it's some of them just came out and they're, you know, this, you know, whatever, like <laughs> 10, 10 years later. Come on, man. Um, but yeah, so I think there's a part of it that's like an active choice. Yes. You know, it's not automatic that you're, you have these so-called negative role models mm-hmm. and therefore you model yourself against mm-hmm. that, yeah. after that. And, yeah. you know, some yeah. people actually grew up in quote unquote good homes mm-hmm. with solid family, mother and father mm-hmm. together, yes. worked hard, showed them yeah. the way, et cetera, et cetera. But it was yeah. like, nah. Let me go and do that because, yeah, yeah, it's money or I think it's attractive because sometimes it's not even about the money. Sometimes I mean, some of these guys, you know, their families weren't broke. Exactly, but they they want to be hustlers. Uh, I guess guess the my answer is kind of is is in in two parts. The first part is for someone who didn't have their father with them. Mm. uh, We spoke about um, uh, um, Uncle Phil. Uh, As I said, Uncle Phil, that's the dream. 
But when they look at someone like Snoop or Big and in, in those Tupac in those days, they seem to be uh, almost like closer to home. Right. Okay. It's 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 easier to be Snoop than it is to exactly. Be Uncle Phil. All right. I Uncle that. Phil I seems that. so far far fetched that yeah. it's something I just have to watch every Tuesday evening. I remember that on BBC Two. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and um, and you just have to dream about it. Yeah. But Big and Tupac, everyone in your in your block, everyone in your hood was like trying to. I mean, I had a friend. It was easy. I had a friend like he had the he had a, he had a Tupac. He had he had he had, had he, he had fug life. No way. I mean, the guy was a fug. Yeah. You know. Um, so it was easy to be around. People probably had fug you know, life. It was easy to be around those people and to, and to try and emulate that. But you're right. It is a, is an active choice. You know, we can make. You know. You can, you know, I, I didn't know what it was like to have a father. Uh, I could have decided, you know, since I didn't have a father, I didn't have to be a father to my kids. Mm. But I chose. Mm. I chose to be a father to my kids. I chose to, to, to break that curse or to break that chain of my father not being around. Mm. I, 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 I chose that, you know. Um, so, yeah. I've got an interesting theory. Yes, sir. Um, and it is, at the moment, just a theory. <laughs> it could be fact. It, we'll see. Mm. Um... Growing up without your father mm-hmm. actually makes you, I don't know what the right word is, better, stronger, whatever, mm-hmm. than if you did have your father. Mm-hmm. From the point of view of, like you mentioned, it makes you, um, you've got to work harder, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, from an earlier age, right? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like those hard work muscles mm-hmm. are developed sooner. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you had the kind of nucleus family, you had your mum and dad mm-hmm. days, kind of, you don't have to do as mm-hmm. much. So it's almost like it gives you, uh, how can I put it? Usually, like a, not a superpower, but it gives mm-hmm. you like you know something that other the, somebody who had the mother and father probably may not have because yeah. they've not had to go through this. Yeah, they've not had to go through that struggle, yeah. and through that struggle, obviously comes strength. Yeah. Right yeah. when you get to yeah. the other end of that struggle, do you yeah. think that that's there's there's some truth to that? I think there's some truth to that um, in in some people's lives, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel so in some people's lives as well that can actually make them weaker mm-hmm. uh, because one of the things I missed was having manly conversations with a father. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surrounded by women, you know, aunties, you know, my mom, family, friends, you know, just just women. Mm. Uh, you went to have that strong conversation with a man that allowed you to be emotionally connected right. as a man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like some men are stronger because they didn't have a father because they've had to they've had to just get on with it and you know build those muscles. But I think some men became weaker as well because they didn't actually know how to communicate. Right. So whereas you know, if you don't see a father growing up in your in your house, so you just feel like the way that you communicate as a man is by domineering a woman, or pushing a woman around, or you know, a womanizing. Because you just feel like that's the way you communicate. That's the way you become a man. So I feel like yeah, in, in one in one in one part of theory, it's true. You become stronger. The other part, I think, I think that we have a lot of weak men right now because fathers were missing. Because they don't know how to connect. They don't know how to be a man. No one told him what what it's like. No one told him. How to communicate? Mm-hmm. No one told them how to forgive. No one told them how to handle the business. Um, most of the most of the young kids we're seeing killing each other nowadays. A lot of them they come from ninety percent of them come from homes without fathers. Right. So the only way they know how to deal with conflict is through violence. And if the father was around, the father was beating them all the time. Again, violence. Mm. So for some people, it's better for the father not to be around as well, mm. because if all you do is get beats. Then you grow up believing that, you know, every disagreement is dealt with. Through violence. through violence and that's what we don't understand that's interesting because you know I have another theory <laughs> <laughs> which is kids are made to be beaten <laughs> sorry to all the social workers out there I do not endorse this, this message 
<laughs> no, um, I jest oh. slightly. Um, but you know, I, I guess what, what I'm alluding to is. <laughs> What I'm alluding to is yes, physical discipline. Yeah. And I guess, okay, let me speak for myself. Mm-hmm. I received physical discipline when I deserved it. You're surviving. To be honest, if, um, <laughs> yeah, I think my mum, certainly, yeah, she, you know, my mum, and I remember there's a couple of times, mm-hmm. there's one time my uncle beat me. Mm-hmm. But again, reflectively, mm-hmm. looking back, I definitely deserved it. Mm-hmm. I definitely but in deserved that moment. it. Ooh. But at the time, I was just, yeah, obviously at the time you're angry, you've got every excuse under the sun. And there was times mm-hmm. where, you know, I'd be out or whatever, like I'm supposed to be home for a certain time because mum's mm. got to go to work and I'm meant to like, you know, stay with my little brother, my mm. little sister, because mm. she's got to go to work. But my friends are out. They, they don't have to go home. Why should I, I, why should I, I have yeah, to go home? Yeah, I want to stay out as well. So it's that like, you, you look at the time, it's like, well, I'm half an hour late. I'm an hour late. I might as well stay out till 2 a.m. Because I'm late anyway. You're going to get the beat anyway. The beat is not going to be any worse. <laughs> the beat doesn't increase by so the, in terms of, it doesn't um, increase in terms I'm of hours anyway. Yeah. So I might as well oh, enjoy wow. the vibe. Like, because it's going to be what it's going to be anyway. Right? <laughs> you must. But obviously, wow. this, is a, this is with a child's mind. I Come don't know. On, I'm, I'm a teenager. Come I'm not on, thinking, man. I'm not thinking, number one, about the responsibility of a job. I'm not mm. thinking, number one, about the worry that, you know, mm. your son is out in London and you don't know where he is and you've not heard from him. He's not Because commu- oh, obviously, I've not communicated because I don't want to get an earful. You don't want oh, to know from be told your friends. To come it's I don't want to be told to come home because yeah. if you have the conversation and you're told to come home and you still you, don't, you have to come up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, what was my point? <laughs> Kids were men were, were created oh, to be beaten. <laughs> so, I was beaten and it never did me no harm. Mm. It never did me no harm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking if it ever did but no it never did me no harm so I'm like well it did me the world of good you know look how I turned out (laughs) (laughs) wow so like what's you know what's wrong with it I don't I I, I think physical discipline I don't think it's a bad thing I grew up in an African household so I'm like man I praise God for it Um, but you know getting beats by your by your mum to me was from my my mum was a you know my mum was smaller than me Right. My mom's been swimming with me since I was 12 or 13 years old. Mm. You know, so she, it was the, the emotional side of it. That was the worst one. That, you know, that I, I was destroying her life, that I'm, I'm trying to kill her. And as, as a young man, you want to protect your mom. So right. you, so now the guilt now kills you. Yeah, that's what got it, 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 that's, that's what got, that's I could what take beats all day. There was like, a time I think I was about 12. My mom beat me for, well, I can't remember what it was, but yeah. she beat me. And she hurt herself when she was doing it. That's the last time um, I got beat. I shouldn't be laughing, but... But, <laughs> but obviously, like, you're growing yeah, and you're, you're getting stronger. And, yeah. and obviously, despite her, yeah. I would, I'll, like, I'll man up. Yeah, like, yeah, all right, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. do your thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? Do yeah. you know what I mean? But I remember that too. <laughs> but then after that, it was the tears. Mm. It was the, I'm doing everything for you. Like, you why don't you appreciate this? I'm going to this country. This is what you're going to do to me. And, you know, look at your little brother and your little sister. Like, can you, can you at least, you that know? Hurts. Oh, mate. That hurt. Mate. That was like. That's how you just, get it, man. That hurt. Please beat me, please. <laughs> beat me. I can handle the beating. And I can go about my business. But when she started the waterworks, bro. Oh, man. Bro. Yeah, that I, was a lot. Yeah. I've, I've been there, man. I, I've. Yeah. I, I've been that there. That was a it's, lot. It's a. Yeah. But anyway, let's, let's get back to. Yeah, kids are um, meant to be beaten. <laughs> right, so let's go mm. back to what we're saying about your, your dad. Mm. You didn't see him until the day of your wedding. Yeah, right. Yeah, came to my wedding. So, obviously, you're getting married mm-hmm. and all of that and all of what that involves that you're going through and he came late. emotionally and psychologically and stuff. Mm-hmm. Was your wedding on time, though? We were about 20 minutes late, but okay. he was late. We'll, we'll call that on time by, <laughs> yeah, we're by, by, by <laughs> standards. <laughs> so, 
did you know he was coming? Yeah, yeah. My, my, my grandmother, my mum's mum, um, uh, she just wanted to forgive him and let him come to the wedding mm-hmm. because he's alive. In our culture, I think that would have been um, quite embarrassing. Mm-hmm. You know, you got, you know, you got to you know, show face. You got to res- you got to respect. Yeah. yeah, you got to be you respectable. Got it's to my father, you know. Yeah. No, no matter what, it's to my father. But for you internally, how does that feel? You haven't seen this guy for for years, for what a decade and a half at yeah. this point. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. And he turns up at your wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how, how are you feeling? I guess, I mean, the day was emotional already. Mm. You know, um, there's a lot of emotions riding through my mind. And he came in. Did he give a speech? Yeah. He did? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think he did, but uh, God. He did. And um, uh, I wish he didn't, uh, but he did. But yeah. Um, I mean, everything's in the past now, mm. but he gave, he gave a speech. Um, did he deserve to give a speech? No. Mm-hmm. But is that a Christian thing to do to allow him to give a speech? I guess so. Yeah, like, you know, you've got all your honor him, right? Yeah, it's, 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 it's honor, his you know? position, um, uh, But I was cringing as we were about to give a speech because I'm thinking, what is he going to say? Mm. Is he going to say it was dead? What, what did he say? I can't, I can't remember. I really I really can't remember. Uh, um, and i got to be careful because it's going on, online, so i got to be careful what I say because mm-hmm. I'm trying to protect him <laughs> at the same time now. Of course. Um, but uh, I, I, was cr- I was cringing when he was talking because and I was nervous. I'm like, what is he going to say to people? He's going to let the world think that it was there for, it was there for me, that he paid for all this. You know, it was myself, my wife, and uh, my mother, my mother-in-law that paid for everything, you know. Um, you know when someone just arrives late mm-hmm. and they take, they take the glory? Mm-hmm. I didn't want that to happen. Uh, and I didn't know what my response was going to be. Um, because at that point, I've only been a Christian for about five years properly at that point. Um, and two years before that, I just finished, uh, no, three years before that, I just finished anger management classes. Wow. So I didn't know what my response was going to be um, because I grew up very angry. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that anger was because my father wasn't around. Now, the biggest day of my life, my father's now here mm-hmm. giving a speech. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I was mm-hmm. angry. I was trying to be a Christian. I was trying to... You know, all these echoes of my, my grandmother's voice saying, you know, we'll just forgive him and just, you know, I, I was I was conflicted, man, you know. Um, but, yeah. So he does the speech, mm-hmm. the wedding happens. My mom was crying when he was giving the speech mm. because I think for her, that, that, that there was pain. Right. You know, because you know, she practically left, um, left her to raise me for 25 years. Mm. That's a quarter of a century. That's mm. a lot of years. That's a long time. Um, and there she and there is trying to play happy family. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, I'm tr- I'm trying to mm. imagine what it might be from the other side. From his from his from point, his of, point view. of view. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because obviously, you know, we don't know what mm. happened in terms of the, mm-hmm. the relationship breaking down and yeah. all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and there's no point, you know, I'm not even going to consider course, that. Um, but I don't know if from from your point of view, was there ever any any hint of kind of trying to, for lack of a better word, like reconciliation or kind of mm. trying to repair you know what had been lost over mm. those years mm. I, I i i think so i think so i think if i took a step back and kind of looked at maybe some of his uh choice of words mm. is is you know is reaching out to me and things like that, i i think that there is there is a there's a semblance of, of that you know um of trying to reconcile trying mm. to uh be in the life of his son and mm. Uh, but I, I, at that moment, I just don't think he worked hard enough to do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's that saying, uh, "There's a will, there's a way." Mm. Uh, I don't, I don't feel that there was a strong enough will for him to create a way to, to do that. 
Um, and I guess also as well, when you're when you're that age now, you're you're getting married, you're 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 about to start your own family now, and you think the one who should have been the, should have told me what I'm getting myself into didn't do it. Mm. Even if himself and my mother wasn't around, he could have still chosen to speak into my life and tell me how to do it. Um, and that's what I was alluding to earlier on, that every fa- every son, every, especially sons, they want their father. And I'm sure the same thing for every little girl out there, they want their father around, you mm. know. Um, daddy's girls, you know. Um, you know, father's play is such a pivotal role in the lives of children as mm. a hero. Mm. Um, you know, even when you watch films and watch uh, soaps, I don't know how to do it nowadays, but back in the days, you know, uh, the children never never shouted or get excited when mummy's come back from work. It was also when daddy was coming back from mm. work. And there's a reason for that because the fathers are heroes. Uh, in every... The other day I went to go and read... Um, um, I do some reading uh, on, my, on my children's schools and I went to go and read for a group of four and five-year-olds. And I don't think I've seen my youngest son like be so happy. Yeah, proud. That is it. Be, that is it. Yeah. That is it. Mm. Like that was brought tears to my eyes. Mm. I'm like, man, I never got a chance to experience that when I was younger. So for me, it kind of just brings home that we as fathers, we are heroes, man. Mm. And and we we gotta, yeah, we are heroes. That's that's what it is, man. Mm. And, and I think we we don't understand that from that psychology of a child. Mm. When a child is that small and they have to look up at you, and you're the you got the biggest muscle in the house, you're the tallest in the house, you're the hero. Mm. Even if you and the mum are not together, you're always the hero. So we got to play a part as a hero. Mm. Yeah, superhero. Yeah. So how do you how do you feel now? How was your relationship? How do you feel towards dad now? Um, it's more sympathy towards him. Uh-huh. Uh, I have compassion towards him because I believe that he missed out so much. Mm-hmm. Um, he missed out on what God was doing in my life. Um, he missed out on opportunities where he could have not not rescued me anymore because I kind of gone over that. Yeah. Um, but just be by my side. I used to play basketball, mm-hmm. and my mom was really interested in basketball. Um, she wasn't. She wasn't. There. I think right. she came to one game. Okay. Um, and I played a lot of games over many years um, because she was working. Mm. She was working at two free jobs. Mm. Um, and some people had a father's there. And my mom was interested in sport. She was not interested in sport. But I always had those dreams of being your father would come into the, you know, like I, I wanted to push your father mm. to say, come on. You know, when when you lose a game, I remember, I remember one time actually we lost a game. And in that game, I um, um, I broke my, uh, I broke this, this finger, mm. uh, the ball literally hit me and it, just, it took my finger back wow and um it was an uncle of mine who uh got a towel a hot towel put a towel on her water put over it and just pulled it back out it hurt but i think it hurt more because and i remember i remember my thinking at that time was it hurt more because of my father that was doing it wow do you know something it's little things that you think I, I think i was about i don't know 16 or something like 15 16. Mm. um but yeah, there was no one to cheer me on in, in my basketball games and to kind of push me further, mm. you know. So, um, but we don't make any excuses for that, you know. God always has a plan. Um, if my father was around, would I be the man I am today? I don't know. Mm. Um, uh, would I be stronger than I am today? Would I be weaker than I am today? We don't know. 
Um, but I just encourage fathers just to be there for their kids, man, because there's a lot of people who I see now in my role as a pastor, and some who counsels people, and one of the one of the hardest things that we hear is if a father was not present, or a father who was present but abused the child. Right. Fathers, man, we whatever we do in a child's life or what we don't do, mm. it leaves a long lasting seed. It leaves a long lasting seed. Mm. Because people see us as protectors. Mm-hmm. And when the one who is ordained by God to protect you doesn't do the job, then it, it hurts. Okay. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're a father now? Yeah. <laughs> You've obviously gone through your experience with your father before you've become a father. Yeah. How does your experience as a son mm-hmm. affect your experience as a father? Wow. I mean, first of all, I never really got a chance to be a son to my father. Right, sure. So, um, uh, but I knew what it was like to be a son to my mother. Mm-hmm. So I, I use a lot of that in my, in my parenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately, I understand what it's like to be a son to God. Right. And I think I use that in my approach to dealing with my sons uh, because I'm trying to raise them to be a lot better than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want them to go through all the issues and the brokenness and the anger that I stored up. Um, so I know a lot of people say, you know, well, when, you, when you're a parent, don't try to be friends with your, with your children. But I think my kids are my friends. You know, if everyone else lets me down in this life, I've got my seed, they're my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I try, as young as they are, you know, I talk to them, I get to play with them. Uh, and I enjoy those moments mm-hmm. uh, because for me being a father is a privilege uh, and I know that if I, I didn't have that growing up as, 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 as a young person in terms of having a father uh, but I want them to experience everything that I didn't um, so like, for example when we go to the toy shop sometimes and my wife knows this I will purposely buy stuff that I missed out on mm-hmm. so that I can <laughs> <laughs> So that I can play with well, them. Give, give me an example of something that you bought. Like so, for the other day we we, we bought um what was it um what's what's this girl's game uh connect 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 four connect four because when oh, I first okay. came to this country like everyone's but I didn't know what connect, connect four, four was like right. I grew I grew up in I grew up in a city in the, like, Africa's got cities right we had we had skyscrapers when I was in Nigeria but we didn't have all those things we were playing like with like stones and stuff it was it was, it was very primitive. Um, but so when I came to I saw Connect 4 but traditional I, not primitive okay traditional <laughs> so yeah um, when I came to this country uh, I saw that but we couldn't afford it so I grew up with, with not having anything I, and I remember when um, and I think I've told this story quite, quite a lot of times it was non-uniform day and bring bring a bring a toy <laughs> game to school day now like life was peak like for me um, so I went in my uniform not because I wanted to. I didn't have enough. I didn't have much clothes to wear. All right, and I took. My mom gave me a teddy bear. I tell a ten year old, you can laugh, you can laugh, to take him. So I couldn't really afford any of those. And I think that the teddy bear, I think, was a girl from like a charity shop or something like that. Um, so I, 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 I saw, I saw, that and I couldn't afford. It. So now that I have kids, I'm like. All those stuff, I get them, like the action figures. They, they've got them, like, you know, Spider-Man. The, they've got all the stuff. I'll play with the dinosaurs. I, I'm, I'm there. Mm. Do, you, do you know what I'm saying? I'm I remember, there. I remember we used to call it Mufti Day in my school. Mufti, that's yeah. it, Mufti Day, yeah. yeah there, there you go. Uniform. It wasn't good. It wasn't good for me. Because you only had certain, like, X amount of outfits. <laughs> and by yeah. the time you got to the second term, you've yeah. worn those outfits, yeah. innit? 
Bro, I didn't have so, trainers. So muff today was not a good look because it was like you actually had to scratch your head and figure out how you're gonna make this work. Because no lie, oh. at them times, like my mom was on a car boot sale vibe. Oh, that's, that's just what we had. Come that's on, that, what that's, that's what it was. It is what it is. Right. So you, you, <laughs> the, the, the non-uniform outfits were not banging. They were not. Banging. I love my uniform, and I just, we all look the same. My goodness. There's a reason they got. That's why they got uniform, right? Oh, so man. everyone is equal. Everyone's equal, man. To whatever degree, although some people would have their what are they? I did as torsions and oh, all them. No, no, we got oh, Reebok pumps and all of that. Nike were really banging back then. My, no, I'm lying. My the first Air Maxes, the 180s. See, I didn't have none of that. All of that. I didn't have it, but I, it was. I, I was looking I had at it. Tech. I had um, bro. I, my first proper trainers was climbing. You know, mountain climbing boots. Funny story. My mum thought it was trainers. East Street. <laughs> you know, you're, 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 you're talking about East Street Market, yeah? I remember one half term. I don't know what oh, I got into my mum. She gave me money. said, you can go and buy trainers. Yeah. I went. I can't remember how old. I'm probably about 12. Yeah. I went all the way to East Street Market. Mm-mm. I bought myself a pair of high-techs. Oh, man. I thought I was fly. <laughs> <laughs> I went into school on a Monday. Yeah. Oh. You know, when you got fresh crepes and you're floating. I yeah. went into school floating. On top of the world, man. Uh, the way I got cut down. Mm. Like, people's like, what's that? Wow. I'm like, how's it? <laughs> They're like, what are they? <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, when, you, when it just hits you, this, you just this... realise that oh, this is not what I thought it was. Because <laughs> that was my, I think that was my first, yeah, Name brand, if you can call it that, oh, trainers. But everyone, everyone, else, everyone, else, everyone else moved on, though, man. Everyone else is in there, you know. What was um, Reebok Classics? Yeah, Reebok Classics. Reebok Classics, I did as torsions. That's what I was I didn't get my first time. Reebok Classic until I was, I was in college, man. I had a little, I I had a little got, job. I, man. I got myself a job, yeah. got myself a paper round, saved up, got myself a pair of classics. <laughs> like, as quickly as possible. Like, the next term, I had a pair of classics, but I wore those classics until they were dead. <laughs> And you know, you wear them everywhere. Classics, put on a washing machine. Like to last, bro. Oh man! Like for me, when I I, I remember when I first got my, I don't think kids now understand. No, they don't understand. They don't understand it, man. All the Instagram and Facebook stuff. Look, my first when when I first job, my first job, I was fifteen. I worked in the chemist because I did I did a work experience and they took me on just to do some some part time work there illegally. Um, But I saved up not to buy trainers. You know, you know I've saved to Mm. I can get a haircut. regular haircuts bro. I used to get a haircut, haircut every term that's wild every term that's wild do you know that's why I started cutting hair the only reason I started working <laughs> in the barbershop was cause one of my friends he was like yeah I can cut you I can cut your hair no problem mm-hmm. so I figured boy it's better than walking around with his afro I mm-hmm. go to his house he's like yeah I got clips I can fade your hair mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and he was a couple years older than me mm-hmm. so obviously I think you know I'm assuming he knows what he's talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. I go to his house <laughs> He literally, the funny thing is, these guys walk around with that hair now. He literally, like, balded off my sides, like, all the way around. In no fade. Fashionable. No fade. So imagine I've got, like, a number two or three on top and just bald sides. Done. What? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, oh, what do you mean? Like, where's wow. the, he didn't even try to pretend to fade it or wow. nothing. So from then on, that's when I started learning to cut hair. Because I, I had to, like, go home and try and repair it myself. Wow. And then, like, one of my, I think one of my uncles helped me. And then from there, I was like, oh, cool, let me just, you know, learn how to cut hair. So from there, I started cutting hair. Um, and eventually got good at it. Started working in a barbershop. Worked in a barbershop for, like, 10 years or whatever. But that's where it came from. Because I didn't have money to go to the barbers. So my mm-hmm. friend said, yeah, it's cool. I'll hook you up. Jacked up my oh, system, my, my whole man. thing. I had to go to school like that. 
and obviously it weren't pretty. To be fair, luckily, my school's predominantly white. Oh, oh. So to them, it weren't really, there's like, oh, basin head, basin head. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> but it weren't really a thing. That's I went to a black school. They were like white curtains haircut. and all them things. That, that's when all curtains and French crops and all that was popping. I went to, I went to an all black school mm. with a bad haircut yeah. and ankle swingers. Wow. And mountain climbing, and and well. mountain climbing boots. <laughs> you know the reason I didn't get. You know the reason you I didn't get bullied. You must have pictures of that somewhere. You know the reason I didn't get bullied. Yeah. Because I play basketball. Right. That's that's the reason people left me alone because I play basketball because they thought I was gonna make some money. Apart oh. from that, man. Before basketball, I got bullied, man. Mm. Man, I come and tell mom I got bullied like she still like pray. I'm like, <laughs> Until I learn how to fight, man. Seriously, man. Until I learn how to fight. All right, let's let's um let's bring it back. So you've got uh, your how old is your oldest? Uh, oldest is eight now. Oldest is eight. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. The time flies. I didn't think it was that old. Yeah. And the youngest is five, six. Yeah, just turned five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in the last eight years, mm. what's been the greatest thing about being a father? Hmm. There's so many, man. Awesome. I think I think the number one for me is bringing up kids who love life, love each other, and they love God. Awesome. Um, I think even as as a pastor, and I think a lot of pastors who are fathers make this mistake. Um, they 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 they're raising the church, but they don't raise their children. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first priority is to raise my children. Mm-hmm. Um, the church is a is a calling. It's a privilege, but it's also a job. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the first, my first calling is my kids mm-hmm. to make sure they 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 become better than me. Mm-hmm. Like I want to do everything to make sure they are better than me. You know, from where we live, from how we try to orchestrate our lives, is to make sure that they have a they have a better head start mm-hmm. than what I ever had, mm-hmm. so that they don't have to go through what. You know why? Why to go through <clears throat> and searching for answers in places where they sh- they have no, sure. they've got no business to go. Um, so um, I remember the other day I introduced my my kids to hip hop music, okay. as you do as a pastor. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> of the Lord. As a, <laughs> they said, "What's that?" I remember they were listening to. Um, uh, oh, I can't remember what. what I feel some Craig. I think I heard Craig Mack died recently, so I played a Craig Mack track. Wow. Um, Craig Mack's dead. Mm. Oh wow. I'm oh, sorry, bro. I didn't know. Yeah, but that is a believer. That is a believer. I had no idea. Um, Shows how out of touch I am. Oh, I'm very out of touch. <laughs> I, I saw someone's Instagram. There's more. Uh, you know. Um, so I said, oh, "This is music that Daddy used to listen to." I made sure it was a clean version. Yeah, so of course. Nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. But they had no idea. They had no rhythm. Wow, my kids. Uh, I'm like, nah, wow. they're still they're still young, bro. They're, they're, nah, but, they're nah, still nah, getting nah. their things nah, together. At that age, at eight, eight years, I know some eight year olds. They can skank. But to you know be what? fair, I remember when we were when I was eight. Mm-hmm. Like me and my cousins, whenever like my mum and you know they had uncles and aunties, mm-hmm. they had a party or whatever. Yeah. It was literally we were the entertainment in it. <laughs> we would yes. get, we would get lined up. Come on, come on, dance, 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 dance. dance, dance. dance. And then yeah, they'd yeah. give us like you get money, you get yeah. money, you got sweets, you got, yeah. Give us money, like give us some coins to that was. Well, my my boys didn't get paid for that. Man. <laughs> I tell you that. Yeah, no. So my point was, yeah. yeah, at the age of eight, to be mm-hmm. fair, 
Like I could move at that. Yeah, that's, that's that's so, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So they had no, they had no movement. But is that because you I haven't happy. you haven't like exposed them to music and dancing no, and stuff? No, but part of me was happy though. Mm. I'm like they don't know that that madness. Right. All I know is Pokemon and watching nature and uh, uh, try to train your dragon. All that. I'm like I'm quite happy that they okay, don't know I how to. That. They don't know. Uh, Beyonce or Drake's lyrics. Congrats. They don't. They don't know. They don't. They don't know mm. those stuff. I'm like, yeah. They know worship songs. I'm like, praise mm. God. Um, so I was, I was, I was pretty excited. I feel quite proud of myself mm. that I kept them away from, from, from all, from all that stuff, man. Mm. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, I took my oldest. Um, I think it was about maybe five or four at that time. Uh, I, I drove into my old area. Mm-hmm. I grew up as a teenager, mm-hmm. and I had tears in my eyes, just me and him in the car. I had mm-hmm. tears in, her, in my eyes because I'm like, wow, this is where daddy used to live. That's the flat that daddy used to live. This is where daddy almost got killed. This is where. Oh, you told him that, yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, this is where this happened. This is where that happened. And but I'm like, you never have to, mm-hmm. ever. I would do everything in my power to make sure you never have to be in this kind of environment. Um, so how old is he at the time? It was about four, about five, I think. And what was his reaction? Like, did he did he get it or was it? Like, like, no, no, I don't think he fully got it. I don't think he fully got it. Um, to him, where that area doesn't look like anything like where we live now. Mm. So I think he was just amazed, like, wow, this place does exist, right? Because it still looks exactly That's the same so as exactly the way it was when I left that area. Goodness. That's so dope. Like you've, so he's in such a different space. It's such a different where space. Where it's, it's alien. It's like that environment space. is alien to what he's... Yeah. yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Congrats. So, so yeah, man. Yeah, I guess for me is, um, you know, just wondering whether I have what it takes to raise up teenagers. And mm-hmm. So I'm even from now, I'm starting to think about it. So that's a challenge for me because I'm thinking, okay, how do I navigate there where you're bringing up not just young boys now, but... Eventually, they're gonna be young men, mm. and um, I have to support them through some of life's challenges, and they're gonna see things about life. They're gonna know that life is not all just fairy tales and fluffy stuff. It's, life is gonna be real. Um, so I guess that's what, that's a big challenge for me. And I guess another challenge for me is um, balance. Uh, the job, the job I do, and the things I have to do. I'm glad you said that. Just I was gonna ask you about that, but yeah, go ahead. It is is it. It, it, it leaves me stretched. So when you say the job, you mean pastor? Right? As, as a pastor, yeah. as, as a speaker, as someone who speaks in people's lives and councils and just travels and around and just doing ministry. Uh, it's hard. Exactly. Um, as a pastor, you're kind of a father yeah. to the to the church, as yeah. it were, to the flock, yeah. right? Yeah. But obviously then you're a father at home yeah. to your, where you're at, forgive the terminology, but you're a real father. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. How does... Yeah, I, I guess sometimes uh, the people who you pastor in terms of the congregation, they, they forget, some some people forget that you are, uh, you have a family at home, mm-hmm. that they need you. They need uh, you 24-7. They you're they, you're exactly. their shepherd, so exactly. you should be there when they need you. Exactly, right exactly. Now, pick up the phone. But I'm really, really responsible for the ones who live under my house. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it's about balancing that, you know, having a heart for people, want to serve people. But knowing that I don't want my kids to grow up hating their father mm. because father took care of other people but didn't take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I never want that to be my story or a family story. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure that I'm present for my wife um, and to make sure that we, we win. 
and I think that's the ultimate thing for me that we win mm-hmm. that my kids have enough in them that they're going to go out and win and that dad was always there cheering them on so um, sports days I don't miss sports days I don't care even do you do the dad's race? Oh yeah, yeah, I've done it before. That's, yeah, that's I, not, I, I win. I've done the. the <laughs> Have um, you seen that look at legs, bro? That's not fair. I'm old now, though, man. Some of those young dads, some of those dads, they're young and they're, they're fit, man. Uh, with the, I did a tug of war last year. Mm. My team won. I'm very competitive, you see. Mm. Um, um, so I, you know, sports that I, I don't miss sports. Day. Anytime I get invited to the school, I make sure that you know if I'm around, if I'm in, in the country, I will make every effort to go, no matter what business meeting or church meeting that that's rising i put that first mm. uh, and i think a lot of people know that about me um i remember one time someone came to our church and um uh they were new to the to the church at that point and they weren't really a christian but they mentioned to me that what i actually strengthened their faith and allowed them to see god in what we do as a church was not my sermon my sermon wasn't that great <laughs> not the worship <laughs> the worship wasn't that great for them but what it was is at that point, like one of my sons, he was two years old, I believe, about two, he ran up to the front. And most pastors, she said that most pastors would just shoot the kids away. Mm. I'm preaching. I'm at work. But I picked up my child. And I preached with my child in my arm. So that, that for her, allowed her to see what God is like. Right. That's dope. So for me, it's about just keeping keeping the main things. I'm glad you brought up your your first son actually, because mm. there's something that you said when you were preaching, mm. um, and you probably just said this kind of flippantly mm. as as you do sometimes, because mm. it comes in when it's not the main mm. part of the sermon. You said that your son mm. is your biggest intercessor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just yeah. just break that down for us. Yeah, I mean, obviously with a pure heart, with son, he, he loves God. He, he re- both they, they I like kids. They, they love God, man. They we told him to pray. Um, so with, if, if we have a headache or whatever, I said, son, put your hands on my head, pray for me. And he, he just prays and he knows how to pray. It's a gentle prayer. It's not shouting. It's not all this thing that we've learned as we grew up. Mm-hmm. We thought it's prayer that, you know, the louder you shout, the more God hears you. But the innocent prayer of, of a young it's child, they're, they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they're innocent. I know God hears his prayers because he is, is pure. And um, he has pure motives. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he prays, intercedes. You know, I tell him, you know, that is not feeling too great today. You know, that is that is tired. So can I pray for you? I'm like, yeah. So that for me is a, bl- it's a blessing, man. Dope. It's a blessing. Dope. So, you know, I mean, some kids, they grow up in a household where, you know, if daddy's tired, they say, daddy, can I get your joint? And that's real. And I've heard mm. it. Mm. And we've got to be very thankful, man. Mm. No matter how tough our lives are, we've got to be thankful that God's allowing us to raise children now. And I think I think that's important because it's you know it's the concept of love languages, mm. right? Because mm. <clears throat> as fathers mm. and as sons, all mm. things being equal, we all want the best, mm-hmm. especially as fathers for our children, mm. sons or daughters. Mm. Um, and as sons, we want to do the best we can mm-hmm. by our parents and for yeah. our parents. Yeah. Um, and I think generate generate generationally, mm-hmm. sometimes there's a bit of a language barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of how we express ourselves, because I know for me growing up, and this, you know, you, you, it may probably similar for you because we're obviously the same age. Mm-hmm. Um, our parents didn't express their love through Mm-mm. cuddles and Mm-mm. hugs Mm-mm. and all that sort of stuff because that's just, that's just not who they are, right? Um, you don't do that. That's, that's rude. But there's other ways yeah. they express, yes. you know, they express their um, their love and their affection and 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 you know how much they cared. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know. Is it, could it be that sometimes we need to 
allow for that, mm. for lack of a better word. I remember um, uh, Pastor Shadi from Manchester, she mm. said that, she gave the example, and I'm sure she won't mind me using this, of mm. her dad, and you can imagine what kind of generations we're talking, mm. he would buy her, I think it was Fanta. Hmm. Like he would just buy her Fanta around, none of the other kids, like just for her by herself to sit by herself mm. and drink. And he never used the words, I love you, but that, that was act him. Yeah. for him was his way of yeah. expressing and showing yeah. that she knew and understood that and didn't need the vocabulary mm. as such because that was his love language yeah. and yeah. you know she understood that mm. um, there was a point to all of that <laughs> which is going to come back to me because <laughs> right now I can't remember it um, oh man but yeah um, okay so mm. your son is your oldest is eight now mm. eight and five mm. um, you nine years ago before you became a father, mm-hmm. what would you advise your younger self to look out for? What, what, what pearls of wisdom would you drop on your younger self to say, do you know, as you're about to become a dad, you need to know <laughs> this or look out for this or, you know. Hmm. I guess one, one of the things I would say is, you know, don't be hard on yourself, man, because when my wife was pregnant for her first son, I was so hard on myself. Mm-hmm. Like, again, do I have what it takes to be a father? Do I have this? Do I have that? You know, so many questions going around. Um, when our first son was born, I was working. And then we were going to teach Bible study. And I would, and I was so torn. I think I would have just spent more time at that time just being with him. Mm-hmm. Um, then I guess about a year later, or less than a year later, I lost my job. Then my wife went back to work, and I, I got to to be a, you know stay on dad. So um, I think that was actually a blessing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think so. If I before that, if I if if I can speak to myself before I became a father, I would say you know it was okay to be it's going to be okay to be a stay on dad because the first few months I struggled. I was going to say, what did that feel like? Because I, I didn't feel like a man. It's not the supposed no, 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 thing no. you're supposed to do, right? You're, I, I, you're come from Africa, the, I come from Africa. I'm meant to be a man. You're an African man. You go out. You're the breadwinner, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And there was no bread to be won, mm. you know. And um, I stayed at home, but I, I loved those moments. Um, and from then on, that's when I said, you know what? I'm gonna create a world where both parents can be at home if we needed to yeah. and run our own lives. Yeah. So we went about start doing things ourselves. My wife went back to education, became a counsellor, so she can choose and pick how she wants to work with her clients, both private clients and clients from the church. Um, I can pretty much go wherever I want, whenever I want, mm-hmm. and make sure the kids were um, uh, looked after. I think that, that's one of the tough things that um, I had to go through, and I, and I think if, before I became a parent, I would have maybe allowed myself to to understand more was that when you send your ch- your children to the childminders, um, it's a tough thing, man. Mm. The first week or so, when I, I I just parked my car outside the childminder for an hour, I didn't trust nobody with my seed. <laughs> I didn't trust nobody with my seed. How old? How old did you at the time? Ah, uh, it must have been. My goodness. Was that one or something? Like oh, that. Just, okay, yeah. I'm like, man, that's, that's your first point. That's son. Like, that's uh, it was like that's one, everything. One I'm like, and it was only for like, literally it was like for a few days because I had some speaking engagements, so I, I was already out of work already. But now I was as a speaker, but I had like bookings. My wife was at work, so it was like the first dropping him to a childminders. I felt I felt vulnerable. Wow, that's guess, my yeah. Scene. That's that's the most precious thing that 
exists. Because at that point, I'm like, I can't, if anything happens, I can't protect, I I'm not nowhere near you. Mm. I think I was going somewhere like Bristol or something. I was going oh, to travel wow. to Bristol or something. Like that. I'm like, I'm nowhere near you. Whew. Man, so that, that was tough. So mm. I think I would have spoke to, my, to myself a little bit more. Like, it's all right. Child man is a nice day. The DBS chat. <laughs> <laughs> Get those DBSs nice. and those two references. Very nice. Very nice. But yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's it in terms of advice. And if you're speaking yeah. to a young man, or you know, not speaking to yourself, but speaking to a young man in general who's about to become a father, Ooh. who's about to embark on that journey, what would you tell him? It's not about the money you bring in. It's about you being present. Sorry. Some some men try to work so hard to say, "I'm going to provide for you." So to my love languages, that's my love language. I'm going to show you how much I love you. But just being present, um, being present, watching stuff with them that you don't want to watch. Right. Laugh, laughing at Peppa Pig, Peppa Pig jokes, even though they're not funny, but you're just laughing at it. That's, um, that's a struggle. That's a, you, you got to though, bro, man. You just, you laugh at it. Uh, when they say they want to play and you just come back from work and you're tired and they've still got energy to play, you play. I'm glad I don't have young kids in this space and time because this whole Peppa Pig thing. It's ridiculous, man. Like, they've taken everything. I think like, Peppa Pig is no Peppa Illuminati, seriously. It's, it's done something you. to the children. I believe you. There is no child that doesn't know Peppa and love. Because it's one it thing being no aware, sense. and it's another thing being so like connected and so engaged. And like every child I meet under the age of from what six months to five, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's all they're talking about. That's all Pepper that matters. Pig. I'm just like, wow. Pepper 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 Pepper. Like, is it even possible to be like, I'm gonna raise my kids and not expose them to that no, in no, this no. space and time? Mm -hmm. They must watch it. So another thing that I would tell a young father to be would be, you know, just talk to your children when they get to a certain age. I talk to them. I'm not talking about 16, 17. I'm talking about too free um, because I think it's important that the children are listened to because the world we live in now they have so much information coming their way they have uh, some kids that they're mixed with grow up a little bit too fast because of the house that they grew up in mm -hmm. so if your child comes home and you know you, you sense that they've been nervous about something talk to them it's always important to talk to them whether something's happened in school or even nursery um, and communicate with your children um, if if you if you are with the with the, with the child's mother, um, obviously love them and show that love. If you're not, show them that you respect the mother. Mm -hmm. even, if, even if you don't love her, even if you're not together no more, show them. That's important because you can still be the man mm -hmm. without being with with the mother. Mm -hmm. But they didn't see that because for them, kids always want to play happy families because most most of the things that they see. So whether it's Peppa Pig or whatever, it's a, it's a wonderful family. Everyone's united. Everyone, everyone's together. Um, so for them to see dysfunction, it, it, it messes up their, their emotions and their mindsets. So I think that's that's a really important thing. Okay. Um, hundred years. Fast forward hundred years from now. You spoke about your. No yes, Fast forward hundred years from now. Mm. You're in. You're in your beautiful, amazing casket. Amen. Your children are speaking at your funeral. Mm. They're speaking about their father. Mm -hmm. What are they going to say? Dad was my number one fan. Um, Dad spoke life into us. Um, Dad showed us how to be a man. Not just told us, but showed us how to be a man. I think that's, that's, that's what I was speaking. Dope. Yeah. 